Good afternoon and welcome to Talking Rugby. We're back and again, of course, you're joined by Katie Homewood and with me is Matt Gresson. Hi, Matt. Hiya. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. More of the same. Getting used to this way of life. Yeah, it's becoming the normal now, isn't it? It is. It's very weird, though. And of course, there is no rugby at the moment. There's no sport at the moment. There's barely any dog racing or dog running that we can (laughs) report on or anything. So let's look at the Premiership. We know that anything below the Premiership in terms of league have been cancelled at the moment and there's no sort of chance of them returning to any sort of action this season. But the Premiership is one that hasn't. You know, there's hope that it will still continue and I know that there is some sort of optimism that everything will kickstart again in June and play out some sort of games and create a final and semi-finals. But realistically, is that possible, Matt, given the situation that we're in? Um, I think it'll be possible, but I think there'll have to be knock-on effects for future seasons. And in terms of financial, there's going to have to be some sort of windfall for the losses that teams are going to experience. I think the number sits at around £400,000 per home game. With most mm. clubs, and um, obviously it's it's hard because you can't prove those losses, as in you're not actually losing money. It's, yeah, it's I, I forget what the the term is, but it's like proposed losses, and um, yeah, but trying to get the season complete, I think, is going to be impossible, or certainly um, going to be going to delay the following season. Now, I think. I think it's, I mean, like you say, £4,000 a home game is is a lot of money for clubs, especially those clubs that are still renting their stadiums and there's still rent to be paid, there's still players to be paid. And I know that loads of clubs at the moment have put a lot of non-playing staff on furlough. But it does sort of also raise that financial question of whether enough is being invested into rugby. You've got sort of, okay, Saracens have done what Saracens have done, but they were really one of the only clubs investing huge amounts I know Bath their owner is investing a lot as well but it sort of begs this question that is there enough money in the game and um, quite early on in this um, when the pay cuts were starting to be announced they mentioned the 13 million pounds by CVC and Mm. as as there's nothing to do I've been thinking about it quite a lot and um, (laughs) I've come to the conclusion that the fact that that was used up so quickly shows how desperate the clubs needed that money. Yeah. Um, of course, they're not going to spend it on on um, things going to waste, but it, it shows that they, they wanted that, they needed that, and now we've got no income coming in at all for any clubs. It, it's quite scary to think how much they're going to need after this. It is. It's, it's quite shocking, really, how how quickly like you say that CBC money but it's 13 million in the game okay if you look in football it probably might not be worth as much as it is in rugby but it just shows that it's almost like a sponge at the moment that it needs that money and it needs that investment well and... it's two salary caps isn't it yeah we're just under just under two salary caps two seasons worth of salary cap which then that salary cap in itself raises a question as to whether that should be extended further given what's happened with Saracens and probably you know some clubs have just scraped past 
past that. An interesting point, if we look at player contracts, every player contract will now start for a new club on the 1st of July. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I find really interesting because if there is a possibility of the season being played out sometime in June, that's looking like that will edge on to that 1st of July. And these guys are all in contract for the 1st. So what does that mean? I mean, does that mean that players play for their new club against their old club in the season that they were with their old club? Yeah. I, you know, what, what's sort of happening there? I, I really think if the season starts in June, late June, you're going to get a player playing for one club and then next week they're going to be playing for a different club. I really think it's going to be like that, which... Um, that's going to throw up quite a few interesting uh, things, I guess. If you get uh, Harlequins playing Bristol with Sinclair, and then next week, yeah. uh, you know, one week he's playing for Harlequins, and then the week after he's playing for Bristol, um, something like that. But um, I think that would be really interesting because obviously players usually have a pre-season where they can get, um, they can learn like line-out calls, back yeah. Then they've got to learn that in a week, and I think that could really throw up some quite exciting rugby. Actually, I, I would uh, be a fan of that. It will be quite fun to see, um, but also, like you say, it's just it's so weird to think of a player playing for one club one week, and then yeah. all of a sudden, oh hi, here are your new teammates the week up the week after. Yeah. But I suppose what preseason is so good for is that bonding if you are new and making sure everyone's at peak level of fitness because guys aren't going out and training at the moment Mm -hmm. I've I've seen so many posts on social media everyone's getting bigger they're all pushing the weights but in terms of actual training it must be so hard for a player yeah it's they're going to be climbing the walls like the rest of us but I think it's going to take three or four weeks to to get them back to um, once they can start training again it's going to take three or four weeks to return get their body ready because they need to take some take some hits because otherwise they're all going to get injured within the first minute of the game. Yeah, exactly. No one, no one will know how to tackle anymore. We're obviously facing Gloucestershire, so Gloucester being our local club and their chief executive, Lance Brady, he's fully in the belief that we will be able to restart the season. I just, I can't see it happening. And I can't think of a safe way for it to happen either. No, I think even if you go behind closed doors it, it doesn't make sense for me at least until September at the minute I don't think for that something like that to happen because even behind closed doors you're going to get at least 100 200 people there playing mm. staff um you know it's, um ambulance medical workers etc uh, reporters journalists tv how, how where do you draw the line on this? And you've also you've still got thirty people playing a physical contact sport, yeah. and that's that's the thing I can't comprehend is where at the moment we have such vast and correct social distancing, you know, government guidelines. How all of a sudden that would almost get swept under the carpet, and I don't think that sport at the moment, as much as it is a fantastic thing for a lot of people in this country and across the world to enjoy it isn't the main thing at the moment no it's it's kind of on the back burner and it's almost as if the longer this goes on the more more not not pointless pointless is probably the wrong word but 
how it doesn't seem as relevant. At the start, we were always talking about when is it going to restart again? When is it going to, when's this going to happen? When's that going to happen? But it kind of seems not that important anymore. And I guess it puts it into perspective. It puts sport into perspective. Sport is just sport at the end of the day. And, you know, it is a fantastic industry for a lot of us. But at the moment, it, it isn't the main pressing concern of all of us. But on the lighter note, what do we do with this season? Well, I say lighter note, there isn't, there isn't yeah. much really. But how would you play out if you do play out this season? Or how would you conclusively end this premiership season? We know that Saracens are going down due to the championship and levels below it stopping. We know that Newcastle will be coming up. So the relegation is happening. Mm-hmm. Is it worth giving out a premiership title? Um, I don't think it is. I, I really don't think it'll be, it'll be fair because of the financial implications. It's in, obviously it's not fair in the championship. It's not fair in the, any of the divisions um, far, far down, but in the premiership, there is so much money at stake for mm. so much money. And um, yeah, I, I think you'll get owners and, knocking on the door and saying hey look we could have done this this and that and i just think that'd make it really messy i think they've got to complete it um i my guess at the minute is i think a lot of people are being optimistic um in how soon this is all going to be over i actually think they'll just wait until february march and carry on as we were um just to just when when did we stop? It was like the last week of March or last week of February. Last, yeah, last weekend of March. But yeah, something like that. And I think they'll just carry on the fixtures almost in line, as in a year, a later. year later. Yeah, I think that's how how long it's gonna it's gonna be. So technically, remove a season. Yeah, they'll, they'll remove the what is it twenty the twenty twenty one season. Um, and then just start it again. That was a really good... I hadn't thought of that, actually. I, I think that's literally what it will come to. Because I think even if they start to reduce the lockdown, they're still going to impose no crowds above 5,000. Or I mean, mm. Wasps won't have much trouble with that. <laughs> a lot of clubs will have trouble with that. Even You can't even... You could say our well, season ticket holders are allowed in, but that, even that is that number is quite high um, mm. in some grounds. And... Um, yeah, I just think it's going to be impossible until February, March, and then they'll just they'll just carry the season on as it was week by week this year and just next year. It's so it is so hard because obviously you know you've got new players this time next year, and but like you say, if they did just stop it or announce that Exeter are currently sitting top, claim a title, you've got Sale and Bristol there currently second and third. Northampton in fourth you know they're going to be shouting well hang on a second look at how we've been playing we could definitely have had a shot at taking that title especially sale yeah, um, so I think you know that's a, another aspect but the then, way rugby is in the premiership you can finish fourth and then be 80 minutes away from the final exactly that is that's another factor they've got a way into and do you think that if we look at Europe I I can't see European rugby in terms of the competition that it is going ahead as it has been 
next season. No, because that, that's even even harder, isn't <laughs> that's it? That's a whole other ball game. You've got, yeah, you've got uh, however many countries included. Um, fans travelling, players travelling. Even even with the Premiership, you've got, I don't know, maybe some players have went home as immediately as mm. before the lockdown was announced. I, I don't know, but... I mean, it is tough. You you look at you know the trip sales to Exeter. That's a mm. huge trip in itself. Newcastle aren't in the Premiership anymore, but there are lengthy travelling periods that clubs have to go on, and it just seems so optimistic that anything this side of September yeah. is going to sort of be resumed. But I do empathise a lot with those people who are having to make those decisions because I would not like to be in those shoes. Yeah, I mean- and Looking at Newcastle, you, know, you just you just mentioned Newcastle, and it made me think that if I do carry the season on, like I said, a year later, Newcastle could actually go two years without playing a game. Yeah, because of, of the season, the championships already. Yeah, gosh. yeah. That would... Well, likewise for for um, Saracens. Yeah. So that could be that case. Well, they just miss a year of rugby, which. I think quite a few people might argue that's not entirely fair. Um, but one thing I've noticed with Saracens' Premiership and the Championship is before Saracens got their big deduction of 105 points and it was announced that they were going down, there were so many calls for rele- um, the relegation battle to stop and for rugby to be ring fenced. Now, I noticed as soon as the big boys were going down, all these calls suddenly disappeared. Yeah. And I wrote, I wrote an article um, last week about it, and I just can't quite comprehend. You can't go from calling for ring fencing and then as soon as Saracens drop down, be all against it because of how much money Saracens bring into mm-hmm. the club. Yeah. So what, you know, what do you think is happening there? Are, are these calls going to reappear when Saracens come back up to the premiership? What do we think? Um, I don't know. You'd probably find a few jokers saying, let's uh, ring fence it while they're down or something like that. But like <laughs> you said, Saracens need to be in the Premiership uh, because of the big money attraction. Um, but I don't know. I think first you've got to you potentially got to look at, are we, have we still got 13 clubs in a year's time? After this, yeah. which is uh, it's quite melancholy, I suppose. But um, if we've still got thirteen clubs, and I think you're going to have to ring fence eventually because of the the money. I'm I'm against it. I think professional sport has to happen. Oh, so against I, I'm it. really against it, but I think it might just have to happen because of financial um, replications. I think. If it does happen, and if we do have to see the Premiership ring fence, there has to be some sort of pathway for Championship yeah. players to get into the Premiership. Yeah, without a doubt. Be- yeah. Because you know, so we see the hashtags "I play Championship rugby." There are so many players who start or have some sort of their rugby journey in the Championship who go on and play for the likes of Saracens, you know, Wasps, Harlequins, everyone, England potentially going on Lions tours and it is it would be such a shame to lose such a vast pool of talent yeah I, I think um, I 
think with the, with the financing of the championship, that that is wrong. Um, regardless of ring fencing, um, the the reductions they announced were just bang out of order, and um, they will lose a lot of a uh, lot of talent if that if those do um, continue. Without a doubt, yeah. But it's also that thing that they're they're losing money from the RFU. The RFU are making cuts quite quickly, but then they're losing money from potential supporters mm-hmm. yeah. because okay, well my team's got no chance of getting to the Premiership. Well, who's my next local Premiership club that I can go and support? And it just it must be truly heartbreaking for those players who've dedicated so much time and effort and you know somebody like Cornish Pirates who are trying so hard to get their new stadium Mm -hmm. to have hope of joining the Premiership for all of those sort of hopes and dreams just to be shattered yes it's professional sport but that's what sports yeah it's horrible isn't it it's it's maybe they they could have like a I don't know. I, don't, I can't think on top of my head a system that would work, but something that checks it every four years to, to mm. maybe be certain policies to tick. Maybe you have to win. I, I don't know. Maybe you have to win um, 50 games over five years or something. Yeah, and then vice versa for the Premiership. Yeah. You mentioned that sort of clubs going out of business and they're, you know, well, we have 13 clubs next season. It's a moment to spare thought for those amateur clubs and, you know, the grassroots clubs, Nat 1, Nat 2 and below that, and then some championship clubs. Realistically, they're not going to be here next season or the season after. Yeah, it's it's quite scary for them. Um, every Everybody, every village, every town's got a club, haven't they? And, yeah. um I imagine I really don't know what's going to happen there because no games there's a waste of time for the sponsors and they rely entirely on sponsors uh, a lot of clubs do um, there's only so many beers you can pour yeah, in a clubhouse to make exactly, it yeah. Um though uh, yeah I'm sure some fans might uh, try and complete that challenge but um, yeah sure. their, their sponsorships are not getting um seen on the shirts on um what what do you call them the advertising boards um i guess they'll start pulling out and then there's no money coming into the into the clubs i don't know it's a it's a it's so it's so so tough and i think also if you look at those local rugby clubs how much of a community it can provide towns and villages and how influential rugby can be for the young players sort of getting them off the street and putting a really good focus into sport and teaching those core values that rugby have as well there's just so many avenues that rugby presents that could potentially have a huge setback yeah even from personal experience i joined my local rugby club um under nines and i've learned so much from the game um, you know, mm. respect and and um, friendship, all the rest of those core values, and uh, yeah, if you if you're gonna go a couple of years without that, it could it could have knock on effects for the the under 
all the all the age groups, not just the under nines or the under eights, but the under fourteens, fifteens, sixteens that miss out on this core growth. Even not just uh, that their their skill set, you know, if you don't touch a ball for two years, if you don't touch a ball for a year, it's it's not they're not they're not gonna develop as quickly as perhaps players were. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, actually. Sort of that growth of players. Will we see a dip in sort of five years' time of academy players coming through that whether this period has sort of affected where we might be, you know, far in the future? Yeah. There is there is so many opportunities, so many avenues that this bizarre, bizarre period that we're all sort of living through is presented. But I think that when rugby gets going again and when sport gets going again and things start to be lifted and life goes back to how we knew it, my goodness, what a fantastic first game back. Oh, yeah, had. everybody's going to be bouncing wall to wall. And I think a lot more people will enjoy the moment a bit more. As in, mm. not take it for granted. They'll savour it, they'll make the most of it a, bit, a little bit. I think it will change society in that way. It will appreciate the small exactly. things, the exactly, finer yeah. things. The... Who knows, maybe I'll like the scrum by <laughs> oh, not... five years. Maybe I'll appreciate the art. I'll tell you what, going back to those scrum resets they have these days after watching games from the early 2000s, <laughs> it's going to be tricky. It will. I'll tell you what, I'll take five consecutive scrum oh, resets yeah, right now. <laughs> I'd watch anything. <laughs> But you're right, I think that as a nation who loves sport, when sport gets back, we will savour it so much more. And I think that it could almost be a blessing in disguise in the fact that you'll, you'll start watching the sport again, you'll appreciate it more. And maybe more people will go, you know what, let's buy a season ticket. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't been for so long, let's support our club, let's you know, really get behind them, let's go and enjoy yeah. life again. I, th- I think that could be really big in the game. And that, that could benefit clubs that have financially struggled through this period Absolutely, as well. yeah. I mean, any anything in life, um, from your, your corner shop to your premiership rugby club, um, mm. I think people use it a lot more. And that obviously means more uh, more money coming in. Um, yeah, and that, that's, all, that could, you know, that's not a negative, is it? No, it's definitely not. Next year, we've got the Lions tour. We have forgot about that. It happens. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It, seems, it seems just to be swept yeah. under the carpet. And the Olympics now, obviously, it's been postponed. The start of the Olympics coincides with the test series out in yes. South Africa. So what what are we thinking in terms of the lions is it is it going ahead the olympics seem to think they're still going to be going ahead what happens with you know what happens with the lions how it's just you know this is just something else that yeah. is, could potentially be so effective yeah, i mean if, if nobody's playing for a year who who the hell do you pick um <laughs> but regardless of that um i think if they can play safely if you know, government guidelines or uh, World Health Organization guidelines say they can play. I think they'll play regardless of the regardless of the Olympics because they'll just see it as a as an income and a much needed income mm. at that time. 
Um, yeah, they'll go ahead with that. But I think, yeah, like you say, it could be could be a bit of a competitive month with the Olympics. Um, there's probably some time difference uh, going on. I, I don't. Yeah, I think there's a few hours either I don't side. Know off the top of my head, but I tell you one thing: it's very early mornings for yeah. us over here. And um, Gatlin is in charge again. Be his third tour. Yeah. And what a what a career this guy's had. That's just, I mean, Warren Gatlin take about the amount of stuff he has achieved within the game, and he's yeah, still going. He's, um, he's still pretty young as well, isn't he? He's still got a few yeah. years left in him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was a really really talented coach. Um. Everybody that I've, every player that's worked with him has always got good things to say. I've never really heard a negative mm. thing from him. No, I've I've never heard a, a bad word sort of said against him. Do you think he's the right man for three tours, though? Obviously, Australia and then the draw in New Zealand. He's won one, he's drew one. Yeah. Let's hope he doesn't lose one. <laughs> Finish the, the three off. Um, I guess... The negative in his playing again would mean that potentially the big three clubs, the big three international teams, sorry, uh, start to work him out a little bit, and that would mm. be the danger. But, but I, I, I can't see that happening. I think um, he, I think he's the man for the job again, like in twenty thirteen and twenty seventeen. What about Wales as a? nation in the Lions squad though if you look at Wales and Scotland the last two tours um, the New Zealand and Australia tour that Gatlin's been on they do hold a very strong Welsh presence in the squad arguably because he's been coaching Wales throughout 2013 and 17 but do you think given there are not many um, Scottish players in the Lions squad, that there should be a, a more even system in selection? Um, I don't know. I suppose there's always that, um, the coach is biased thing. Um, mm. No, I really think you've just got to pick um, the best out of the, the, the players you've got available, whether that means there's 40 Englishmen going, one Welsh and no Scottish, or, or there's... <laughs> Forty Irish, one English. I think you just got to pick the pick, pick the best, the best of what you've best. got available, regardless of who it is. We mentioned the home nations there. We've forgotten about the oh, six yeah, nations. What a cliffhanger! Yeah. Um, right. So, what, what are we doing with that, Matt? Um, I, I, I think there was a point where did France lose the last game? Um, that they played. I think if yes. France won that, they would have, they would be champions already, I think. Oh, I vaguely mm. remember. Something like that, I guess. Now they have to play it because. Uh, Probably the one time you. Yeah, the level on points of England. Um, I, think it, I think they're both on 13 points, if memory serves me correctly. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you play those instead of your international tours um, in sort of July, August time. Um, I can't see England flying over no, to Japan. No, that, I, I can't see any tour going 
across to you know their summer tour no, at all. Even if the Premiership resumes by then, I think that will take um, that will take pres um, that will take preference. But also, I think what we've got to really be sure and make sure we don't do is overtire these players. They've had a huge break, which I'm sure. Given the circumstances, it's horrible. But on the flip side, they've probably enjoyed giving their bodies a rest. And it might do them well and serve them well in the future. But we have to be careful that when this does restart, we don't overwork these players. I heard somewhere that there's a potential playing games every five days to get the season sorted. These guys are humans. You have to be so careful and given the vast fact that they haven't had any rugby for so long suddenly bringing them back in and really working them that could do more damage yeah to you, of course you know, health and safety has got to um got to be up there in the priority list um whether they whether they say you must pick a different team in that five-day period I, I i can't see a five-day period being agreed by players or clubs um to try and rush the season complete um, I don't mm-hmm. think they'll allow they'll allow that. I've, you can't even play Sunday and Friday games now, can you? Between no. between weeks, so um, yeah, they've got to be careful. They've got to be uh, realistic. Whether that means if you take this as the summer break and then resume, and then next season they take away the Premiership Cup. So then you've got five or six weeks of break. If you put that block together, you've got five or six weeks break um, mm. in the next season if it finishes on time. But uh, yeah, I can't see I can't see it finishing on time. No, I I can't really. Finally, give me the top thing that you are currently missing about rugby. Uh, the friendships, the the the. the when you get together and you see a group of people you sit with, you stand with, or mm. you see on a daily basis, whether it's through interviews and uh, uh, through your coaches or your players, yeah, the, the whole togetherness. That yeah. family. How about you? I probably yeah. I I miss the friends. I miss the laughs that I have at rugby. The great times. I weirdly miss writing on the whistle match reports, which I <laughs> never, ever Wetting thought I would say yeah. in my life that I miss that pressure of those 60 seconds. I just yeah, miss the game. Absolutely. I miss the fun. I miss the game. And I cannot wait for it to return. As I'm sure everybody listening to this is feels exactly the same. And that's all we've got time for this week. But we will be back soon with more talking Thank you. Rugby.